Hey everybody, it's Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley here, Michaela from here on out, and I've spent the last 20 years in education really honing my craft in connecting with other people, in connecting with students and connecting with teachers and bringing high quality instruction and professional learning to them. I'm excited to take that on the road and into podcast world so that I can reach more people across the country. And really what I set out to do is to bring you incredible value through either my own insights and especially insights of others who have a lot to offer and share. It's been a tough couple of years in education. Let's have some fun. Let's learn a lot. Reach out to me if you ever have anything you want me to cover on this. And until I hear from you, enjoy our episodes. This podcast episode is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get everything from custom food bowls for your pets to chore lists for your family in more than 15 vibrant colors, all custom designed. Visit his store on Etsy by searching the 3D Printing Man, all one word. Again, that's the 3D Printing Man on Etsy and get 10% off with the code DISSECTED. All right, before we jump into today's episode, I just want to let you know I am so excited to officially announce our summer live free virtual event titled Self-Taught, How to Have the Year You Want Next Year. I'm really excited because I know that teachers want to have a joyful year um, where they're equipped to handle all the more challenging things that COVID and the pandemic learning year has brought to us. And I'm excited to actually help that happen. So you can go to drkeganyadley.com. I'm going to mention it in our episodes also. And you can sign up for uh, this free live event. Um, I'll send you reminders about it. It's really going to be amazing because what I want more than anything is for you to have the transformation that you want, which is enjoying teaching again and being equipped to handle the new challenges that we have in the face of what's happened over the past couple of years. But without further ado, let's get right into our episode. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We have our first official episode with our first official guest of our summer series on what teachers are doing to keep the passion alive for their profession. That kind of sounds like a relationship, but if you think about it, it kind of is. Um, also, how they're keeping, you know, getting that joy back and kind of taking back control of their situation and circumstance and a really, really challenging time in education. Today, you are going to meet Chad Pettit. I met Chad on TikTok. A lot of you listening may know him on TikTok, that teacher guy. Um, And if you don't, go find him. We get really deep into the things that make education hard right now and the things you must do If you are a teacher, in order to protect your peace, stay in the fight, stay in the game, and have an incredible year with your students. We talked to Chad about what brought him into teaching, like how he got there, um, what he's passionate about, what really, what big problems he's trying to solve. And let me tell you guys, if there's somebody who is going to bring people together, around solving some of the biggest issues in education in our country. I think Chad is somebody who can definitely do that. I cannot wait to stay in this fight with him. Um, And I'm really excited for you to hear this episode today. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it right over to Chad because he is 
who you want to hear from today. Our conversation's really fun. Um, it also gets really deep, and you'll see why he has such a following on TikTok, especially uh, because he just keeps it real. Without further ado, here's the episode. All right, everybody, we are back with another Dissected episode. I have Chad with me today, and I'm actually not going to waste any time. I'm going to turn it right over to Chad to introduce himself, and then I'll tell you a little bit about how I know Chad and why we're here today. Welcome, Chad. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm Chad Pettit. Uh, I'm a high school English teacher. Uh, I had a really unconventional road to get into teaching. I, out of high school, I joined the military. I did 10 years in the army, uh, combat veteran, two tours in Iraq. When I got done with that, I didn't really know what to do. So I bounced around for a little while and then I decided I wanted to go back to school. Uh, I'd always been passionate about reading and writing. And so I started, uh, I actually started going for mechanical engineering. Turns out you need math and science. Um, <laughs> so within, within the first half hour, I was, I was shot. Um, <laughs> really struggled through the first semester, uh, changed my, changed my major and just decided to, with the encouragement of my wife, um, pursued my passion in English. And while I was working on my degree, I noticed this trend and it kept coming up over and over and over again in all of my college classes. You had people my age, younger, uh, right out of high school. So the spectrum, right. Uh, but a lot of these kids coming right out of high school couldn't write. They, they could not write at the college level. Um, they weren't able to articulate their thoughts. They couldn't come up with a thesis. They didn't even understand what a thesis statement meant. And I thought this is something that should have been done at the high school level. Um, and I wasn't, you know, I'd been out of school for a very long time. I went back to school when I was 33, but I started, uh, you know, just Googling everything and asking questions. And I, I kind of figured it out, you know, and that's the, the sort of education system I grew up in was a very much you troubleshoot your way through things. Uh, and so I was able to figure it out. And then I'm sitting in there in classes and I'm like, we're spending all this time with the professor focusing on how to teach the writing. Somebody with my skill set needs to go down to the high school level and try to help. And so that's why I decided to become an English teacher because I wasn't really sure at the time what I wanted to do with my degree. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Uh, so I started teaching uh, right after uh, graduation. So I graduated in uh, in May and I got hired right away to, and I started the next school year. And I work in an early college high school. So my job is to take middle school kids and turn them into college students in their freshman year. And, uh, that's, that's way more challenging than it even sounds. It's really, really difficult. Uh, and I had a really bumpy road to get there. Uh, but then I decided to go back to school to get my master's degree. Um, I wanted to have some flexibility because of the, some of the changes that are taking place in education. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that I had options. And so I, I fell in love with rhetoric and composition and the gap I noticed this gap. I was given a lot of independence in my uh, master's program and I was allowed to study what I wanted. And I studied the gap between secondary and post-secondary writing instruction and assessment. And what I discovered, teachers are not taught how to teach writing. No. And so I, okay, well, there's the problem. We have these low performing uh, writing scores, low performance in writing. Here's the problem. We just don't know how to teach it. 
And a lot of people have this misconception. Well, you're an English teacher, so you know how to teach writing. No, an English degree prepares you for reading Mm -hmm. and analyzing literature and things like that. And you do a lot of writing, but that doesn't mean that you focus on how you would teach it. Uh, in fact, in a lot of English majors have no intention or desire to teach whatsoever. Yeah. So it's not really something you focus on. So now I've turned my passion into coaching teachers uh, and really focusing on using best practices in the classroom to help students learn to write authentically so that they are prepared uh, when they reach college level. So that's the really, really long introduction of how I came to where I am today. Well, I'm so glad that you shared that because honestly, I mean... I literally know you like know you from TikTok. That's how I have met you and um, yeah. shared uh, in several places. Like it's my favorite place to hang out, which if for anybody who knows me would probably be shocked just because like, if you think about TikTok and think about it, like I did where it's like doing like the dancing and you mm-hmm. know, that, that's not me. Um, and so I didn't, when I realized that it wasn't just that, I was like, well, I wonder what's out there. And then to find, you know, just a community of educators who, you know, there's a pretty wide community. I think it's pretty representative of any sure. school you go into and um, or any district. And to be able to interact with people and, and see content that's funny or relatable has been really nice. Um, and so I came across you, but I didn't know any of that about you and, and like how you got here, which is really powerful. Um, for those who are listening, I, I told Chad this when we first started talking tonight, but I reached out to Chad for two reasons. One is we have a summer series going on. Actually, Chad, you're going to kick it off with a summer series, just so you know. You'll be All right. No pressure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you're like into your summer break, but up where I am, we haven't even started it yet. So um, we are going to be kicking off what I call summer break um, with your episode. So I'm focusing on just teachers who still have the spark of like joy and passion and have been able to maintain that to some degree and maybe inspire it in others too um, throughout some really challenging years in education. Um, And then also though, you know, you do have a lot that you bring to this community of educators. Um, You know, yes, you're hilarious and your stuff, your content is so fun to watch and you're gonna laugh or chuckle or be like, yep, I've been there. Um, hmm. But then there's also the real, like there's a real gen, everything's genuine, but there's also, you're not afraid to go there on topics that are really important to you. Um, and I think that's really important too, because it's not just like, oh, let me just do funny things to make people laugh. Yes, you're entertaining, but also you're very authentic. And that's really refreshing, especially in the past couple of weeks as a country we've been dealing I haven't been on TikTok that long, but um you know, in the last couple of weeks, I watched how you've navigated really challenging times in our country. Mm. Schools seem to be at the epicenter of every single thing. Crisis is happening in our country for the past couple of years. And watching you navigate that uh, with such a big platform and audience has been, um, it's it's just been really beautiful to see. And so I wanted to, I was like, I need to have him on the podcast. Yeah, it, it has been a very, you know, I got on TikTok just as a form of entertainment and all through the lockdown of 2020 and, and the following quarantines and everything. Um, my wife had got on TikTok and I kept hearing about TikTok and I'm like, no, I'm not going to go down. That will be a time suck. I will lose my life to that platform. No. Uh, Cause I know me, I will get addicted. And I did. Uh, so last year when we were doing hybrid learning, so I had students in the classroom, we were all masked up yes. and everything, but I was also doing the virtual platform. Uh, and just stressed out, but I also was really enjoying my job Mm -hmm. 
uh, I wasn't enjoying education. Mm. I was enjoying being in the classroom with the students. Education as a system was kind of wearing me down. Uh, and nobody had anything positive to say around me on social media. So I actually left social media for a while, Mm -hmm. uh, ironically, but then I said, you know, let me give TikTok a shot. My wife was like, you've got to do TikTok. You will kill this. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'll try whatever. And so, uh, I just started doing funny stuff. But then what I found out is when I post things that are really relatable about teaching and it's just my experience, that's the stuff that goes viral because teachers are like, finally, someone said it. Yes. Yes. And, and so all of a sudden I'm like, I just got on here to have some laughs, uh, and talk about my experiences, you know, as a, like a therapeutic sort of thing. And suddenly I'm the voice of educators, um, (laughs) did not ask for that, but it's happened. You know, uh, does that make sense? Oh, it's it absolutely does. It's like, you're like, Hey, I'm just trying to have fun here. And now like now agree. You found me. <laughs> well, yeah. The people, I think, I guess the people decided what you were going to be there for and what they needed from you. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did one video. It's really strange. A lot of my stuff is just humor. And occasionally I'd post about my mental health because there's, I was raised in the generation where you do not speak about mental health. Uh, if you have, you don't have mental issues, you're just weak. Mm-hmm. That's what I was taught. And so you don't talk about that stuff. Uh, and because of that, after I came back from Iraq, I hit it. I hit it for 15 years, which made it so much worse, so much, so much worse uh, to the point where I had mental breakdowns and was really just struggling bad. Um, but then I finally got into therapy through the VA. Um, gosh. So I, I got into therapy with the VA and, um, you know, I, I said to myself, somebody's got to be willing to put themselves out there. And a lot of people are a lot more men are, you know, I'm I'm not the lone cowboy by any means, but a lot more men are speaking out. A lot more women are speaking out and, and saying, Hey, we need to take mental health seriously and not just talk about it. We need to pursue action on it. So I, so I'd bring that up every once in a while. And I start seeing people resonate with that as well. And then I connected the dots and I realized that the last couple of years in education have traumatized students and teachers in a really traumatic way, like a really, really bad way. Um, and we're not giving it space. And so I just decided to start talking about the things that were really bothering me on TikTok, and people started latching onto it. Um, and when I was having one of my worst, uh, moments mentally, and I was ready, just, just, I was done with education. That's when things started really taking off. Um, that was this year. I was, I was ready to walk away. Um, but I didn't want to like, I invest way too much work into this. And I'm ironically in the middle of a master's degree, writing a thesis about how to teach writing instruction or how to teach writing without burning out. And I was completely burnt out. Yeah. Uh, so I had to really look within and my TikTok account became kind of a, I mean, it was a channel, but it became a way of channeling my stress yeah. and, and airing those things out. And then I realized, wow, so many teachers are traumatized and so many students are looking for something. So that's a long way around for me to say, I did a video just based on my experiences and I titled it teaching high school based on actual experiences. And I'm just doing things like pretending to give kids candy because I've actually done that. Uh, and I haven't always been this teacher. I, I was not. I saw that uh, one. How long ago was that? 
That's been a couple months. I feel like that might have been one of the first videos I saw of yours. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to- a lot. Yeah. Well, a lot of people found me through that one. Um, and the comments broke me down. The comments just absolutely destroyed me. They weren't negative. They were negative towards me. I mean, they were no teachers are really like this from students. They were, I wish my teachers had been like this. I wouldn't have dropped out. Mm. My high school experience would have been better. Uh, I've tried to be this teacher, but my administration won't let me. I got fired for being this teacher and I'm doing things like pulling kids into the hallway and talking to them. And I'm thinking, and when I did that video, I thought to myself, I'm just, you know, this is what teachers do. This is what we do. Yeah. Right. And then I found out apparently not, uh, apparently there are a lot of teachers who just have checked out. They don't care anymore. They're burnt out. They're washed up. Uh, you know, and, and it's just a horrible, horrible experience. And you know, I had people on that students, a lot of, a lot of young people started following me, asking me, would you please come be my teacher? Can I please come to your school? Somebody, can you be my dad? I'm thinking, what is going on in our country? What, what's really happening? And so that's when I said, you know what? I talked to my wife. I said, I need, I didn't need to be more honest. I'm going to do the funny stuff because people need to laugh and I can't have just all the heavy stuff all the time, but I've got to talk about this mental health issue and I've got to talk about real experiences. Um, and I just started trying to just be there for students. So I became a lot of people's TikTok teacher. <laughs> you know, I saw somebody, um, uh, you, you repl- did a video reply in the last few, few days, I'll call it. Um, cause sometimes I don't realize things are a little bit earlier, but I think it was the last few days and it was, I think the person, I think the reply you were doing, unless I just read it in the comments was like, you're, you're like literally our favorite TikTok from America's favorite TikTok teacher. Mm. Like, thank you for sharing everything. Like you're loved. I actually, Oh, I know what she said. She, um, you're, uh, hold on. You're worthy. It was my mantra. You're loved. Yeah. Um, you're words. worthy. You matter. You're loved. So thank yeah. you. Um, words from America's favorite TikTok teacher. And I was like, yes, like I can, I can see it. Like I can see why people feel that way because of exactly what you just said about like what TikTok has, what kind what, what tool that has been for you and how you've used it. And like how you like, you didn't really know the response that you were going to get. You were just being you and just being you really, um, has, highlighted and showcased the, 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 what American education is right now, which isn't pretty, Yeah. but also mm-hmm. to showcase that, um, you can still be a powerful voice and, and still, uh, work within it, whether you're trying to change it or just stay in it because you love the kids, you know, for whatever reason, people are staying in it. Um, but you can do that and recognize that it's like absolutely shattered and, and broken. Yeah. Uh, it is definitely broken. one thing I wanted yeah. to say to you uh, is I wanted to thank you for your service um, to our country. That's, you know, after that's important for me to say. Um, and I didn't say that to you when we first started. My dad was in Vietnam. He was in infantry. Um, and so I grew up, though, he he didn't he hid his trauma. Um, mm. You know, my parents divorced when I was five. And I my mom told me he, it was there was a lot of trauma, but I was, I was young and my dad didn't talk about it. So I didn't right. really know really what that meant. Um, and then he started to open up to me once he started to, uh, get help for once PTSD was kind of like something that they were focusing on. Um, my dad had a lot of conversations with me and it was really special between me and him. Um, cause he still didn't really talk about it, but I have a really deep appreciation for, um, 
for, for you and, you know, and then for you to have the courage to share what you go through because it was other people's courage to share what they were going through that brought my dad into being able to get help through the VA and, and be like, honestly, the best dad um, and a, a, a great, I mean, he's always been a wonderful person, but to be able to show that and share that with people, it came a lot later in life, but once because yeah. other people spoke up and took action. Um, and what you're saying about, you know, lives of teachers, as far as the trauma. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I, I talk about it sometimes. I don't know that I've been comfortable or confident in my voice. Uh, I didn't experience that trauma as a teacher, but as a principal, I did uh, from very specific mm. um, situations, like very, very specific, isolated to just <laughs> the trauma of it all and, and the weight of it. Um, and so I ended up getting diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety, depression, which I would have set up until 2013. I never had a bad day in my life. I was lucky. <laughs> I had a great childhood, great everything. Everything was great, great teaching, great everything. Um, and then all of a sudden, like the world came crashing down and that lasted for a long time. Um, mm. And to be able to understand what all that stuff now does feel like for, for people, I made me a, a better uh, educator, I would say, for and a better leader for teachers who say like, if they, they have to say one word, I'm like, I got it. I, I see. I get it. I get it. And kids too. But it is really hard to see. I, I definitely saw it in being in the classroom last year, doing the hybrid, like you were talking about. And then this year to start the year, um, that the weight, I was like, I felt it on day two of the mm, year. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Like day one was like, everybody was like, Oh my God, we're back. Like, cause I teach high school or taught high school. So a lot of our high schoolers weren't in school last year. So to have right, everybody right. back in the school, it was like this, the more, Oh my God, the smiles on everybody's well, They were masked. Yeah. So, okay. But you could see your eyes. But everybody's just really happy to be back together. And then on day two, it was like everything changed. And at the reality set in of what this year was going to be. And that, and that was nationwide. Yes. Um, Was it? Everybody felt that we, we came into it so positive, you know, in our, uh, teacher in service. This is going to be great. We've got them back. We're, we're not hybrid anymore. You know, we've got our students that we haven't seen. Uh, and day two, it was like, Oh wait, the whole nation, has been in a virtual world for two years. And not only that, we've, we've got kids who have been trapped in their rooms alone for 12 hours a day doing school, you know, weird things that would never happen in education. I called one parent uh, and they said, I haven't heard from your daughter. And the mom cut me off and said, I'm going to give you her number. I need you to call her because I don't know how to reach her. And I thought, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do that, but but I did, uh, I used the school phone, um, everything on up and up. And I called and the girl was like, what, what what's going on? Um, uh, and she was just really going through it. And she said, I've never been depressed. I've never been sad. I have a great life. I am so riddled with anxiety. I don't know how to handle this, you know, and, and, and me, I've, I've dealt with anxiety for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, PTSD for years and have hit it. And, you know, just very recently in the last couple of years started trying to deal with it. And so I was able to, you know, just talk to her, but I was like, man, this is, this is every kid. And and not every kid is getting a 15 minute, 20 minute conversation with somebody who understands. Right. Um, parents, have, families have broken up. Our nation has been through some of the most traumatic things. I mean, the riots and the, uh, the virus death is just been, one thing after another, after another. And we talked before the show started 
we don't want to give the illusion that things are just positive, right? We don't want to use, we don't want to promote toxic positivity. Things are bad. The education system is broken. I'm an advocate for revamping a lot of things, um, reallocating some of that money that goes to standardized testing and using it towards uh, other resources. Um, and we, you know, obviously we've just been rocked as a nation by yet another mass shooting um, with one of the worst in the state of Texas in, in our nation's history. And it's, it's tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. But for educators, it is more and more become, we went from the heroes in the first week or two of the lockdown to almost public enemy number one in a lot of people's eyes. And we're just over here, like how all of a sudden did we shoulder the burden of the entire nation? We're just people with like the same problems everyone else has. Um, And so we haven't had a chance to deal with it. And the, the problem is if you stay in that fight or flight mode constantly, if you stay in that constant, anxious moment and you never get a time to rest um, and really recover, things are going to get bad. So last year when we had our summer break and a lot of teachers work over the summer, a lot of teachers do workshops and different jobs, summer school, things like that. There's not really enough of a slowdown, but we went into it thinking things are going to be fine. We're going right back to normal. Nope. And we haven't dealt with our trauma. So now we're dealing with it in the midst of a situation where all of a sudden we're being uh, attacked in the public forum, uh, students have, have developed all sorts of behavioral issues they didn't have before the fights are out of control. Uh, and it is just a firestorm of things. And so I was one of those teachers that said, this is it. This is my last time in a classroom. And I am the statistic year six and I'm out, but something happened midway through the year. And I really think it was TikTok. I don't know. That's, that's amazing that um first of all that, that like tiktok helped you like help you re-energize um and you know gosh i feel like you know what you're saying is like literally what i what i was what i've been saying a lot i remember sitting um you know I, like i said i took the summer off um ha- you know had a real interesting summer last summer but i did have that time um, that, I ha- that I hadn't had, and I was working my way through, you know, the traumas that I had been through prior to uh, to COVID, and making like just feeling a lot better. And I was just relieved to feel better, and I was relieved um, to go. I was so excited to go back to school and to have the kids back because nothing was more depressing to me than the empty school. It was awful. Like, was sitting mm, in, yeah, especially being in high school, like especially coming off of like being a principal at high school, like it is nonstop. I didn't always get to be around the kids and get to do all the things I wanted to do, but at least I was the the energy or you go to a game or whatever, like it's there to have a completely empty classroom was, it was just so sad. I would like actually cry sometimes. I'm like, this is really Mm -hmm. depressing. So having the kids back was exciting. And I remember it might've been, you actually might've already started because I know you start before we do, but it was um, maybe maybe three weeks before school started when all of a sudden started to hear about Omicron and, and the ma- masking was back. And I was like, wait a second, yeah. I feel it coming. And I started to get anxious. Cause you know, and I was like, why am I getting anxious? Like school's not even starting yet. And this doesn't make me anxious teaching, but it wasn't that it was what was happening in the world. And I realized, yeah. Uh Oh, if I'm feeling this way, and like, I don't, I'm excited to go back. And like, I don't like, I weathered this, that stuff pretty well. 
how are other people feeling, A. And then B, I remember um, I was doing work on my computer and I probably checked Facebook and I had like a notification. There was like a live, um, something in Massachusetts and the commissioner was, uh, I'm sorry, the secretary of education, he was the commissioner in Connecticut uh, before that, was giving a, like a, there was a town hall meeting in Boston okay. and um, happened to be covered by like, you know, some of our local media. And so I was like, oh, I'll click on this. And um, somebody asked a question. So it was town hall style. I don't know if it came in ahead of time. Don't remember. But the question was around just masks in general, like just the concern over, I want to see my kids' faces. Like, what if we don't want to wear masks? Just a question. It was really actually pretty benign, given like how questions can be around that. Sure. The response was like a lashing of that teacher. Mm. Like the, the response was, Really, it was terrible. I just remember it took. It, I had a pit in my stomach, and I went, "Uh oh, it changed." Teachers aren't heroes yeah. anymore. We're not heroes anymore because no. the the response was. I mean, I could probably do it word for word, but it was like, "Who are you to complain? The kids had no problem wearing masks last year, so you shouldn't have a problem with it either." And I was like, first of all, that is not true. Unequivocally, <laughs> not true at all. Two. Most of our kids weren't in school, and if they had a problem with masks, their parents would have just kept them home because they wouldn't have dealt with the call from like that. Like nobody wanted to fight that battle. And right. also, but did you really just talk to that teacher that way? Like her legitimate concern <laughs> that was causing me to sit at my computer anxious, and I'm trying to figure out why. But it was over masks, like just that word alone. I was like, oh no, I can't see my students' face. Just all the things it represented, right? It was like coming back. Yeah. Um. I said, uh oh, it changed, and I. Just, yeah again, looked into the future and I was like, this is, this isn't good. Uh Oh, <laughs> um, and yeah, I think the, the level of trauma that I saw in my students, um, in the first couple of weeks, like I always have dealt with a pretty high level of trauma being a special ed teacher at the high school level. You know, a lot of times you're, there are a lot of kids who've had like a tra like traumatic backgrounds, but there was, just, it was, I was driving home feeling like I had like a 700 pound weight just sitting on mm. my head and my shoulders and like on my forehead. I was so sad for things that kids were bringing up just a normal conversation with me at school. I was yeah. like, wait a second, this is your, this is a thing right now. Like this yeah. you're going through. Um, and just thinking about what, you know, teachers as a whole were going through as well. And I was like, man, this is going to be a rough year. And I would say, I don't know. I think I've heard from almost everybody that this year was the toughest year of teaching. For sure. Yeah. And I, and I think I don't, I do not think the workload is more difficult. I will say there's more paperwork in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I did more paperwork this year than any other year. I think that's just continuously increasing. There, there's more and more we've got to cover our, our backsides. Yeah. Um, and that's what a lot of the paperwork is. It is. Uh, it, we're, we're filling out paperwork nobody's going to look at. Mm -hmm. And people you know, don't realize that. They don't realize the amount of documentation, the emails, constant... Um, and it's part of the job, you know, and this isn't a complaint. It's just, it's there. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and for teachers to come out and, and voice what's going on and, you know, like TikTok and Facebook and different places just became a platform. Like, let me just voice what I'm feeling mm -hmm. and to be dealt with, with the typical responses of then quit teaching, stop complaining. Uh, you have the easiest job in the world. You get summers off. Um, you know, you work 180 days, you get paid for 365. First of all, all of that's false. All of that's false. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but it was, it was like, oh, wow. Okay. And then to be in school and have children kicking you, 
throwing things at you, assaulting you. Mm-hmm. People don't even realize that teacher assault, uh, student assaults on teachers is a daily thing. Yeah. And I don't mean like there's one in the nation. It's all over the place and it's all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can only deal with that so much. People say, well, you get the summers off. Well, spend nine months doing nonstop paperwork, never turning off your fight or flight, uh, constantly bearing the burdens of other people, being gaslit by the country, by the yeah. nation, by the administration, yes. um, constantly being told that you're just the, you're the problem, stressing over scores, trying to create curriculum, being graded on a five minute walkthrough, um, and all these other things that go along and you're being called horrible names, you're being disrespected, all of that's happening. And then every time you try to unplug on social media or whatever, you're inundated with teachers are the problem. Yeah. So then tell me again why I don't have the right as a citizen of the United States, I don't have the right to speak on my own behalf. And so it's it's really bad. And And that's the thing because teachers can't. Teachers have voiced their opinions on TikTok and been fired. Teachers have voiced their opinions on Facebook and been fired. And all they're saying is, uh, you know, they're not trashing people, but it's it's as simple as there's a picture of you online drinking a beer, and we're gonna have to let you go. Are you kidding? First of all, it's really hard to fire teachers. So, like the fact that that's happening, um, and you know, I have to, and I'm thing is, I know this just from, um, I know this, I know that feeling of the fear of retribution, but I know it from my time being a principal. I didn't, as a teacher, I didn't have that fear, but I had incredible leadership in my building. So we, Mm -hmm. you know, and also it was before social media. Um, I was like, you know, I know there's Facebook in 2008, but like by 2011, 12, 12 was when I became an assistant principal. People still weren't using, kids were just starting to record stuff like on their cell phone and that might exist, but there wasn't really this mass, like, Nobody, there wasn't like this mass exchange of information. Um, I think kids were using Twitter at that point, I think was what they were using um, until they realized like everybody can read your tweets. So I, now I know where the fight's going to yeah. happen tomorrow. And thank you. Cause I needed that information it was helpful. Um, so I was able to be free and it was, I can't even tell you how fun it was to just teach and be with the kids and do things that you felt were the right thing to do. Um, and then, and then things really, uh, really shifted. Um, but that fear of retribution is so real because I can't tell you how many teachers I've talked to um, who, like, even when I reached out to just she's a, 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 like a first year teacher and had a great year, and I was like, well, maybe I want to hear her perspective. And she, or I had a, I think I had even a poll, just like, would you like to be on a podcast? It was a terrible TikTok video with like a m- bunch of noise going on in the background. And I got to put that back out there because I was like, wow, that was really bad. But, um, she was like, I'd love to, but I can't because I'm afraid. Um, and I was like, I, I respect that. Do you want to talk to me offline and just like, tell me some things you'd want to say? And like, I could just do an episode where I'm not even talking about you. But that's a real thing. People are, yeah. teachers are afraid to speak up. They're afraid to be on a podcast episode. They're afraid to put things on on social media. And these aren't like people trash it. These are just people being honest about like, yeah. hey, I need to be honest about this. And I have to be, for me, it was very freeing to start a podcast because, and I committed to myself that I was going to be fearless in it. Um, because what was the point of starting a podcast if I was going to 
you know, let fear drive me. Um, and it's been wonderful to just be like, I don't care. <laughs> um, and I don't yeah. trash anybody, but I'm honest. Um, but there are a lot of people that are really worried and afraid, too afraid to use their voice um, to share anything and, and to be silenced like that and to have that fear yeah. on top of what you're already going through as an educator is it's like it's it's cruel. Mm-hmm. It is. And and that's one of the main comments I get on a, every one of my videos. I'll post something funny that's just random. You know, me turning the air conditioning down in my own home yeah. and people, thank you for being a voice for teachers. I'm like, what? What? Like, I mean, And I'm like, it's, it's that bad, though. It it's is, that bad. The bathroom break one. Yeah. Like, and and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. By the way, I will never be able to to listen to that song without hearing Take My Bathroom Breaks. <laughs> um, he's, his favorite will be his Top Gun. He was in the Navy. And um, so Top Gun's is like, and I mean, that song, he's like, oh, this is a love song. So he doesn't like that scene in the movie. Um, but mm-hmm. I was like, you have to watch this. This is hilarious. Like, he's, watched <laughs> your, he's watched the Take My Bathroom Breaks video too. <laughs> yeah, that one was good. I'm a huge Top Gun fan too. Um, but, you know, that's... So we've pointed out a lot of the negative. Um, it's there. It is. And so I, I, I feel like people are like, well, you know, I got blasted once because I, I, I put out a TikTok saying to first year teachers, don't let bitter people, burnt out people tear you down. And I just got absolutely, I had to block so many really? people because they were, oh, they were, your, your toxic positivity and you're, you're lying to these people and this education system doesn't care about us. They want us to die. And I'm like, okay. Um, you need to go see someone, but you're not going to do that here. And so I, I, you know, I tried to talk rationally to people. Yeah. Um, but my turnaround really, if I had not gone into therapy and I'm open about this, I, I go to therapy yeah. if I had not, and I got a fantastic therapist. If I had not gone to therapy, I think I would be different. Um, and if I hadn't seen that there was a need for someone to be just an outlet for teachers, I don't consider myself a voice, you know, on your questionnaire, how would you introduce yourself? And I Chad, I'm just, I'm just Chad. I'm just a guy to my students. I'm Mr. Pettit to the rest of the world. I'm Chad. And if I could get away with it, I'd just be Chad all the time, but that, you know, we can't do that obviously. Uh, so students do not call me. Chad. <laughs> you, know, they, you know, they try, you know, they, 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 they always love to try to call a yes, teacher by the first name. Yeah. But it's, I'm just a regular guy, but I'm dealing with, it's shocking to me how universal things in education are. And it's become so standardized that everybody can relate to how an administrator opens a door, how uh, the walkthroughs. Well, we can deal with all those problems by building relationships. And did you have your targets written on the board? And so, you know, I satirically point all these things out or like the disagreements over differentiation. And, and I point these things out and like, these are the problems in education. And I'm just trying to make them, I'm trying to shed light on them through satire, through humor, um, and be an outlet for teachers. But I think if it hadn't been a combination of one, a great family two, just the autonomy, like I'm just going to say it. I shut my door and I do what I want in that classroom. Now I don't do anything inappropriate. 
I'm definitely not doing what the media in the in the world thinks I'm doing with indoctrinating students. That's not happening. Okay, my politics are in check. My agenda. Yeah, we do not. No, I would indoctrinate them to stop asking to go to the bathroom in the middle of my lesson and bring a pencil to class. That's what I would indoctrinate. Charge your laptop. If you have the powers of indoctrination, yeah, yeah. If I could, yeah, absolutely. It 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 definitely wouldn't be that. So my religion, my ideology, all that stuff's in check. I'm just doing my job and I'm doing what I know is best for students. And it's definitely not teaching to a test. It's teaching transferable skills and it's focusing on things that I know are going to help them in the future, whether they go to college, whether they join the military, whether they go straight into the workforce and being really open and honest with my students. And I don't have behavior issues. People might say, well, it's just your campus. No, don't, don't discredit. Don't discredit. It's relationships. It's, it's being honest. It's, it's being the person, you know, sidetrack and I'm, I'm all over the place here, but I've only seen the teachers that try to make a perfectly structured, it's silent work all the time. You do exactly what those are the teachers with the behavior issues. The teachers that are kind of free people, it's like chaos in your class. You got students coming in and out and you're talking to them. Yeah. But I'm in control. Right. It may seem like chaos, Mm -hmm. but I'm in control. And if I tell those students I need something, they're going to do it. They're going to because they respect me. Um, You know, and that's why I have former students that are connected to me on Facebook and Instagram now. Now, and they're graduated and they're married and they've got kids, but we're still in touch. I see them out in the community and it's still Mr. Pettit. Hey, and I'm like, you're like a 22 year old person. You can call me. But, you know, (laughs) it's we have that. and, And it's because I just decided. I'm going to love my job, regardless of what's happening on the outside, regardless of the stress and the strife, I'm just going to love my job. So I figured out some systems that work really well for me. I figured out how to not spend my entire life grading and lesson planning. I came up with a system that's cyclical, and I'm trying to put that into something that I can share with teachers. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and and, you know, so I'm trying to get those things together. It's, it's a lot of work cause I'm actually teaching summer school yeah. and trying to get this podcast going and, and other things. But, um, I came up with systems that work for me and I shut out the outside world. And I said, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do my job. I know I'm qualified to do it. I'm going to do it. Well, my students attitudes totally turned around. I'm there for them honest. And I never really had attitude problems from them in the first place, but we just had this great symbiote symbiotic relationship. And by the end of the year, I was in tears. I didn't want them to leave. I didn't want the school year to end. And I had students, you know, at the end of the year, it was hugs and selfies and Mr. Pettit, can you fail me? So you, so I can be your student next year. And, and, you know, that that's magic that used to be in education, but all the bureaucracy and red tape and the trauma and everything has taken out of it. And so what I'm trying to tell teachers is look past all of that, deal with your trauma. You have to, Understand that you can't change the system overnight, but what you can control is loving those kids and teaching them the, th- the things that you know matter without an agenda other than just loving those kids and making sure that they get what they need to be successful at the next level, whatever it may be. You know, it's the fact that you say that that's if, if, if people take nothing else away from this episode, that right there is I think that's it. You've hit on something that I've been wanting to explore, but there's no like empirical way to do this. And I'm like, I, I, I just, I'll just talk to people. Um, 
but you know, si- similar to what you just, that was, that was my experience as a teacher. Um, and did I have a couple of rough years? I was teaching in a behavior program. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, I was pretty much like abused every day. And that, that could kind of, sure. was tough over after two years, um, of, of being in that particular setting. Um, and it, it wore me down, but I literally loved every second, but I did that. I shut my door. I'm kind of a rebel. Um, (laughs) and like, that's just what I do. So like, and also teaching special ed, especially when I did prior, like when I first started, first of all, nobody understands it at the secondary level. Nobody. So even though they have no clue what to even look for. Um, so they just leave you alone. They're like, thank God somebody's dealing with them. Right. So yeah. I got to be the person dealing with it. It was great. Um, but then we love our special ed teachers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. But also <laughs> though, I did, t- I taught ninth grade history for two years. I had a, um, I have two degrees and I, again, I literally shut my door and actually they took writing out of the curriculum. It was like, um, when I started teaching, it was the first year that they had this new curriculum. It was like 2010, maybe, um, when I first started teaching history for the two years I taught it. And, um, I love ninth graders cause they're a hot mess. Um, yeah, I love that. And you get to watch them throughout the year. Like sometimes they become a 10th grader, like, are like ready for like an actual human, like on the last day of school, others do a little, like maybe in September, but I used to tell them like, you're one day out of eighth grade. You're literally a middle schooler. So, you know, like, let's, so yeah. I loved, I literally loved ninth grade. Um, and I taught ancient world history and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, was an FML, like seriously, ancient world history to ninth graders in Providence, Rhode Ugh. Island. Like, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this challenge on. I'm going to yeah. make it fun, engaging, all that stuff. And it was, I mean, it's why I went into education in the first place was to do that. But um, I had a great time with them. And I put writing back into that. We were writing. I like, you got to write. You got to write. Binder they gave me. I was like, I hope they come through. But they didn't come through because I taught history. So they didn't really care. There was things. Yeah, nobody wants to touch that. So, you know, the math teachers were getting like smart boards. The science teachers were getting STEM labs. And like we had one projector among 14 history teachers that we share. So I just never used it because I was like, I don't want to deal with that. Um, Right. But I mean, but what you said, like, I really want to like bring it back to like one of the ways maybe we're hitting on something to like really reclaim our joy or reclaim our the, the year of teaching the experience and teaching that we want is to actually literally like shut it out shut the door shut it out mm-hmm. and like you said don't do the shady stuff that people assume you're doing like no but like i mean yeah. do the right thing right um but shut shut it out like like you actually have to do it like li- like figuratively and literally and it can be hard yeah. to shut that noise out, which, you know, when you talk about therapy, like that for me too, therapy has been really helpful in both, well, through getting through a lot of things, but learning how to shut out things that, you know, start to bring, identify what it is that's like sure. impacting my, um, my piece, right? Like what's, what's, what's impacting my piece, what's, what's stomping on it. Um, and like I protecting my piece became like, Number one, I was like, I'm, I'm going to protect it. I'm going to find joy in the day. And I'm going to do more of those things and keep out the things. Like, wait, we see that all over Instagram. Like, that's like the thing, right? Like, protect your peace. Yeah. You know, don't be, you know, shut the people out that are negative. 
But for teachers, like that's really what you have to do because now there's so much noise, so much mm. noise everywhere that really has nothing to do with teachers, nothing. Right. Um, but they're put at the epicenter of this noise and it can be hard for them to shut it out. So maybe the first thing is like identify what it is that you can't get out of your head. What's that thing circling through your head all day? Like that you're angry at, mm-hmm. you have no control over. Identify it. If you can figure out how to shut it out, great. If not, seek help in doing that or how to deal with it and and deal with the trauma that we've all been through. And then to have the confidence to shut your door and just be with your kids and get to know them. Um, Because I echo what you said, like I taught ninth grade and you know, the uh, toughest high school in in Rhode Island and we never had a problem. Um, But a lot of it was like, same thing, you know, if whatever I need, they, they would do it, but like I I let them be them. It was like a really safe place. Beautiful. But that beauty is something that like nobody can t- could take from me once I decided like, no, this is what we do in this classroom is we learn and we care about each other and we love each other yep. and yeah. this is who we are and that's what we're going to be. But nobody else has to understand it, but they, they're not going to shut it down. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why I chose to name one of the reasons I chose to name my podcast the has not come out yet. Hopefully it'll be out by the end of the summer. Mm. Um, but I named it education reclaimed mm. and it, it comes from a couple of things. And like, number one, educators have been shut out of the discussions. Like politicians are going to decide how the classrooms are going to be run. Administrators are going to decide how the classroom is going to be run. Parents, everybody and parents should be involved. Parents should have a claim. Uh, students should be involved. It should be student led, but the educators, the ones who are qualified to teach, and given the license to teach, we're reclaiming our stake. We're saying, no, I'm, I'm qualified to educate and you're not going to push me out into corporate America. You're not going to push me out into some other career. I'm digging my feet in the sand and I'm going to educate whether it's in the classroom, whether it's as a curriculum specialist and uh, as an administrator, whether it's moving into politics to try to fix things, educators are going to put themselves back on the front lines and and we're doing that. But it also comes from this. I was told by a counselor this one thing and it has completely changed everything for me. When everything's falling apart around you, you can reclaim your breath. You can stop and you can focus on your breathing. And one of the number one things they teach you when you're dealing with anxiety is centering yourself Right. So you have fo- you find focal points in the room. You maybe count down for a certain number breathing techniques, but you've got to reclaim your breath. And the wind has been sucked out of educators. And what we need to do is stop, reclaim our breath and realize I am a qualified professional. I can remember a time when my entire English department was sitting there looking at a situation. Uh, we'd kind of walk ourselves into a corner with a curriculum. And the kids just weren't getting it. And we're like, what are we going to do? And I I said, stop. We are educated professionals. This is what we do. And we're going to solve this problem. So let's push all that outside noise away and let's work the problem. Uh, My favorite movie is The Martian. Absolutely love Matt Damon in The Martian. (laughs) It's incredible. I've I've watched it a a hundred times and I'll watch it again. Um, When I'm really going through it, I sit down and I watch The Martian because I'm reminded and he has this great thing that he says at the very end when he talks about you work this problem and then you work the next problem. And if you work enough problems, you get to go home. Mm -hmm. And that really is all it is. He could have lost it 
and decided to die. He could have gave up. But he pushed through and he reclaimed what he could. The hab fell apart where he was living. Okay. Go breathe. Relax. Now go fix the hab. I don't have any food. Breathe. Go figure out a way to get food. And that's that's what we have to do. As educators, I don't have any control anymore in my classroom. I don't have any control over my life. And that's what it feels like. You lose control in that classroom and it starts to spill out. And it's like, I don't have control over my life. Yep. I'm grading all the time. My, my family's like, where are you? You come home, you're a zombie. You've got to stop yep. and you've got to reclaim yep. what's yours. And you, you can start with your breath because that's all you have. You can, nobody can take that away from you unless, you know, obviously the ultimate tragedy, you reclaim that breath and now, okay, now that I've calmed down the fight or flight, what else can I reclaim? And for me, teachers, you know, this one, rearrange those desks in your room, yes. <laughs> put them the way you want them to be. Get the students in the seating arrangements you want. If you do that, I don't do seating arrangements, but I put the desk where it's easy for me. And then I throw out everything. I threw out everything. I, at midway through the first nine weeks of this year, I said, I'm tossing this entire thing. I'm changing my grading system. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do lots of workshops. We're going to do lots of conferences. We're going to, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this is how it's going to be run. And we're just going to try to have some fun with it. And you guys are going to work on projects you enjoy. And we're going to check out of here. Nobody's doing homework. We're just going to do what we do here. And I just slowly started claiming control over the things I could. And that's what educators have to do, but we're stuck in the fight or flight. Yep. And we're just, <laughs> you've got to stop. Yeah. You've got to pause. You've got to reclaim your breath. Once you reclaim your breath and calm that fight or flight down, now you start reclaiming the other things that you can control. And that's what happened for me. Therapy helped me understand what I needed to do. But seeing those kids going through the same trauma I was and realizing they're depending on you. So no, no lifeguard can save the drowning victim if the lifeguard's drowning. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to figure out how to save yourself first. That was your, that was your, um, your mask. You put your, your mask on first. That was like mm -hmm. the same thing. You, you yeah, absolutely. Before you tried to save everybody in the room. Um, I mean, I, that's just so, I really, I think that, that you really have hit on something really, I mean, you're, I can't wait to hear your podcast. Um, I signed up for your email list today. Um, I can't wait to, Thank you. Hear, no, I, I mean, honestly though, because like I said, you know, I may, I, I'm very like strengths based, right? I am really good. Like my like little superpower or whatever is finding all the strengths of people, um, building teams. Like that's what I love to do. I always, I love, I was always part of teams, but like building teams around like kick-ass teams around, around what needs to be done. Right. And like, yeah. things look different depending on what needs to be done or what problem needs to be solved. Um, and so I love finding amazing people like you and then br and bringing you to people who really need you and people needed to hear what you had to say today and people need to hear what you have to say moving forward. Um, because the more of us who are saying those things and, and using our own voices and our own ways of doing that and relating with people and connecting, um, you know, we do have a chance, I think to, I know it sounds lofty, but like, I'm just kind of one of those people. Like I, my mission is to literally change, like, impact edu impact teachers and make them ha like, mm -hmm. you know, I can't make somebody happy, but like ha try to help them understand how to, um, 
how to continue and persist and, and not just resent the job. And, and I mean, there's so many right. things, but to keep people in their roles because they feel happy, fulfilled, supported, valued, needed, effective, right? That's what keeps people in. It's not like somebody being like, oh, good job. No, we need to feel it intrinsically and internally. Got to feel and it. The thing is, that's the same for our kids too, by the way. It's not like a real big secret how to get them to like buy in. It's the same way we buy in. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, like a salary raise is nice, I guess. Like, But I don't know that that's really a driving force behind everybody being like, oh, I'll stay in this toxic, traumatic experience for you know 10K more a year. Like right. I'm out if you're at that point. So I really I, I appreciate your um, your honesty and, and being so open with everything that you have experienced and the things that you realized and the realizations you came to. And then just honestly saying, like, I shut my door. I shut my door and I was with my kids because you know what, Chad? Me too. <laughs> That's what I always mm-hmm. did. And um, it's nice that people get to hear an educator say, "That's what I did, and it helped and it worked." Yeah. And it does work. And it really, it does have to just start that simple. Do I have lofty dreams like you? Do I want to impact education? Sure do. People say you're crazy. You'll never change. You know, there was a time in our country when education was different and there's a time COVID did at least one thing for us. It exposed education and all the cracks in the foundation. So let's not just stare at the cracks in the foundation. Let's, let's do something about it. If that means we got to tear the system down and start from scratch, fine. Mm -hmm. But we can't lose all of the the carpenters and then say, now let's build a building. Uh, and so for me, my, my mission is let's keep the let's keep the best we have. Let's keep the people. You know, I, I say this all the time. Our community, we don't invest in our community the way we should. Students, you know, like the, when you're growing up, you're like, oh, I can't wait to get out of this town. Um, and then you go away and you're like, oh, I miss this town, you know, and you come back. If our best keep leaving then we don't have the investment for our community. Yep. And so that's like the schools, you know, we need to keep the best in the system, whether it be in the classroom, whether it be, you know, and if somebody's a great teacher, but they might be an even better administrator, then let's put them in that position because they have that influence, yep. you know? And if, if it's, it's nothing more than me than ranting and raving on a TikTok <laughs> and other people's podcasts or whatever, then that's what, damn it. That's what I'll do. <laughs> You're going to have, you already have, obviously have a really big impact on your students. And that's clear. I mean, that's absolutely clear. Um, and you have an impact on educators all over TikTok for sure, because I see you I mean, see their comments. I see what they say and they really look up to you. They really appreciate what you give them. Um, for anybody who's listening, who doesn't know where to find you, or maybe they don't have TikTok and they, but they want to find you in other places. Can you share all the places or how they can find you. How can somebody access what you have to, to give? Yeah, sure. So if you go to my website, chadpettit.com, you're going to be linked up to everything. So I've oh. got everything there. I'm that teacher guy on TikTok, or you can search my name, Chad Pettit. Uh, I'm Chad underscore Pettit one on Twitter and Instagram. But really, if you're just like, that's way too much information, chadpettit.com is my hub. And I've got all my social links in there. Uh, I'm working on my blog. I'm building some teacher resources. So bear with me. I'm going to have more stuff for you, teachers. Just hang in there. I know it's tough. Get some rest this summer. I know some of you are working other jobs, but spend some time with your families. Hug your loved ones. Hug yourself. Remember, you're worthy. You matter. You're loved. Words from TikTok's favorite teacher. America's (laughs) favorite TikTok teacher. Um, Chad, thank you so much for being with us today. 
Thank you so much for having me on. I mean, is there a better way to kick off our summer series than our conversation with Chad Pettit? You can find Chad. He mentioned all of his social media handles during the episode. You need to check him out. If you're on TikTok, you definitely need to check him out. Um, He has so much to offer. Yes, he's entertaining, and it's so much more than that. I'm excited for you to get to know him better, to learn from him, and I'm pumped for our summer series. Let me know if you have any questions, and until next week, have a great week. Take care.